and welcome to One Woman Radio. This is Christiane Pelmas. To join the One Woman community, receive updates, and support the project, please visit us at www.onewoman.org. We are the midwives of the new aeon, and this time of transformation, this is our time. Good evening, women. Welcome back to the fire. Tonight, we continue to excavate our ancient inheritance, its language and practices, and the necessary responsibility that comes with it. Tonight, we remember one thread of our women's history, a thread that has been woven in many languages across many cultures for millennia, a piece of the essential roots of our women's power and knowing, erased only recently, as our role in human culture was domesticated. As we stir and awaken from our sleep of forgetting, it is essential that we nourish ourselves with the truth, truth that has been buried, rewritten, and replaced. As we nourish ourselves with the stories and language of our inheritance, we must also allow the relationships, practices, and instincts that are innate expressions of this wisdom to move in and through us. Perhaps we will find ourselves stopping on our way to our car to remember which way is north, to feel our inner compass realigning itself to an ancient grandmother's, and to our inward earthly knowing that is her unique expression through us. Perhaps we will have dreams rich in sound and emotion that remind us through living story of our betrothal to this earth and all its beings. Perhaps we will simply stop to listen to the robin as he sings the sun up over the eastern horizon into the sky, knowing this being and its song are our concern. In our awakening, it is these moments and many others that become anchors to our truth and responsibility as women. Throughout human history and across culture, we have crafted mythic reverent cosmology stories, stories that attempt to explain both the mysteries of the world and our place within it. For thousands of years, in fact only until a handful of centuries ago, our cosmologies were rich with reverence for and protection of the feminine, for it was widely believed that the Creator was female, and the earthly women who embodied her the human expression of this divine force. History is abundant with the rituals, complex practices, and daily ways of life passed down from generation to generation by grandmothers to mothers to daughters and granddaughters. Rituals which honored women's rightful place as the ones who are endowed with the wisdom to hear Earth's messages, to track and attend to the wellness of life in all its expressions. Practices designed to feed the benevolent force from whom all blessings flow, that prioritize our relationship with life and the earth, because we knew that if this was not well, it was not possible for anything to be well. In our consciousness and complexity, we have grappled with fate, with the mighty questions and wrestlings stemming from our awareness that we have very little control over our destiny or the direction of our lives. 
until only a few centuries ago, our attempt to understand and honor this relationship of deep faith in and vulnerability to life's mysterious flow generated complex and magnificent stories describing the fates. From the creation mythology of the Old Norse culture came the story of the Norns, the three maidens of fate, who over the sea of ages travel in deep foreknowledge. Scholar and elder Max Dashu's rigorous and meticulous devotional research has rescued this essential women's history from its truncations and alterations. For as the patriarchal cultures took hold across the globe, this and all other stories of a benevolent, omnipotent feminine were systematically wiped out, replaced with those of men ruling with force and might from gilded thrones. Dashu's research reveals a very different cosmology than the one we've been taught and told. The earliest stories tell us these ancient Norns, three maidens named Urd, Verdandi, and Skuld, predate the patriarchal gods. They came before and will outlast the modern gods of wrath and war to lay down the foundation of another world cycle. These powerful maidens, whose purview is the entire breadth of human life as it cycles and recycles, are responsible for all expressions of human existence, from the become, to the becoming, to the shall be, must be, and will happen. These are not wrathful maidens of fate, as our modern male god and his earthly representatives have become. And as so much of our women's history has been rewritten to imagine, nor do they weave a linear line of destiny. Rather, they protect and honor the reciprocity of all life, the web of interconnectedness, the spiral of all time that is turning back on itself as much as it winds its way forward to continuously allow for the never-before-seen unfolding of life itself. As is often true across cultures and time, the spirit of life is represented by the well, and in this case, its name is Urdebruni. From Dashu's research, this well is the reservoir of ancient being, fed by a living spring. Its surface ripples and roils with power and consciousness. Within it resides the unfathomable secret of the beginning of life, deeply hidden. The Norns, Urd, Verdandi, and Skuld, visited the well every day to draw from it the holy sacred waters of life, to water the ancient tree of all human existence, whose name you might recall, Zugdrazil. It is said that merely a sprinkle of these sacred waters on the roots of Ugdrazil continued the unfolding of life in a glorious manner. Though seemingly small, this sprinkle offered in daily devotion and ritual by those whose job it was to do this task was nonetheless essential. Forgetting to attend to this was a thing the Norns did not consider. As the embodiment of the feminine, those endowed with the heritage of wisdom that guided our three maidens of fate, Women made offerings at all thresholds of human life to Urd, Verdandi, and Skuld. Births, deaths, sacred unions, and more were reverently, gratefully tended to by these maidens who tended to all life. 
We are the daughters of Urg, the inheritors of this lineage. As those who carry, each of us, in the intimacy of our physical bodies, a deep reservoir of ancient being, fed by the living spring that is life itself. In our wild and wise fullness, the surface of our being ripples and roils with power and consciousness, for within us resides the unfathomable secret of the beginnings of life. In a relatively short period of time, as the teaching stories of our wisdom have been eradicated, replaced with ones that transformed us from midwife to wife, maiden to maid, we have fallen victim to a hypnosis, a sleep of deadly forgetting. Our vast and intricate history, along with all its critical practices, language, and fierce wisdom in service to life, erased and replaced with one that violently, consciously, and subconsciously tells us we are simply helpers to the true wise ones who in this rewritten history are mostly male. In the sleep of deadly forgetting the rich, diverse, and universal practices, medicine, ritual, and wisdom passed down from grandmother to mother to daughter to granddaughter lays fallow, but more urgently, in our sleep, we are no longer visiting or tending to the well, nor are we tending to the ones who tend it. As a result, the wellness of the world, the earth, and all its beings are in deadly peril. Listening to the story of Urd, Verdandi, and Skuld, we might begin to stir in our sleep, allowing our bones to remember this forgotten endowment that lives as a responsibility the one that comes to us as women to be the skilled midwives and priestesses to life. Listening to these forgotten, silenced, and denigrated stories of our female history might begin to remind us that as women, we are wild and wise, tribal and joyful, fierce and unrelenting, that we are conduits for and warriors in service to the ever-unfolding vast and beautiful expression of life that is this earth and all its beings. Waking up from this sleep of deadly forgetting requires that we imagine what would be different about our lives if we were raised in a culture where our stories reflected and honored our historic and ongoing role as the keepers of the well the ones who daily go to the well to draw its holy waters to nourish the great tree of life. How would our lives, yours and mine, our daughters and granddaughters, be different if these were the holy water stories and language we were cultivated with? We are all related to the women whose lives were organized around these beliefs and the responsibilities and wisdom they demand. Women who saw themselves humbly and fiercely as the incarnation and embodiment of the wisdom that animates and attends to life. What would be different for you were this knowledge to animate and guide you? How would you live and love? To whom would you be betrothed? What would it sound like in your mind if these were the stories you were raised on how would your body look? How would you pray? 
and most importantly, for the direness of our time, walking as the ones responsible for watering the tree of life, what human behaviors would you permit in the name of being human? Flanked by your grandmothers, sisters, and daughters, fueled by the wisdom that is our endowment as females, how and when would you be compelled to say stop, no more? If you're listening right now, if you got yourself here, chances are you have the old ways in you. Chances are your ancestors are speaking to you the ones who lived in a time when this wisdom was the wisdom guiding women's culture and voice, guiding the way we women conducted ourselves. Perhaps they've skipped over the generations of understandably lost and confused asleep women to whisper directly to you. Imagine yourself as the daughter of the great, great, great grandmother who walked in this way who cherished herself, her sisters, and the earth, who practiced feeding the maidens of fate so they, in turn, could do their woman's work, nourishing the tree of human existence with the sacred holy waters of life. All of us animated and guided by this earth wisdom that is our necessary female inheritance. From this place, this place where we are wondering about that fundamental wild wise self of us who has been silenced, whom we have perhaps forgotten or even sent away for its tendency to cause us insanity as we struggle to maneuver our wild selves in the day world. This place where we are remembering forgotten and malnourished or perhaps well awake and vital but restless, dissatisfied, or even angry fundamental aspects of our female. From this place, the next thing that is ours to do is turn our attention to the specific places where we are participating in the very thing that is ours to dismantle. The places where we have allowed a very small story to become our story to curtail and domesticate our wild thinking and our interconnected conversations, including with whom we are in conversation. Here, we turn our eyes and our ears to see and hear all the ways we're still thinking inside the very small box of our domestication. And in doing so, we bring our attention away from the human world to place it on the wild world of intelligence and mystery, to the moon and stars, to the liminal in-between places, to the water and the birds, to our ancestors. This might sound too radical for some parts of us, the parts that are rightly concerned about what might happen if we wake up and see things as they are. Margaret Atwood reminds us if our domesticated one is not careful, and we stray from the narrow path of modern culture's concept of women, it is possible, in fact even likely, that we will forget what things are called to see instead what they are. Close your eyes here, put your ear to the deep inward earth of you, and listen 
for the wisdom that is ours, yours, and mine, for the wisdom within the wisdom that is uniquely yours and your woman's way. Pay attention to the places where you're drawn, to what you notice around you, to the things that delight and inspire you to your core. Begin to notice the thoughts and ideas that serve to keep you small, that support the stories we've been told of our place and our importance, the stories we've been fed about what it means to be human and what it means to be female. What is acceptable and expected female conduct and what is not? Question everything. Answer to no one but her, the old one, the old way of your ancestral women. The next thing that is ours to do as we question everything answering solely to her, to life, is that we bring three new practices into our daily lives. Whether it is saying good morning to the sun and good night to the moon, knowing they are listening and will answer back, or that we replace conversations we have been taught to have with ourselves about the rightness of our bodies or manner with those that speak gratitude for the gift of being female, gratitude for being a wild, wise, and unrelenting force in service of a world in which all life is sacred. Perhaps you remember in your dreaming that you are related to witches, as is likely we all are. And here you create your own simple ritual offerings, honoring the capacity we women have to weave our visions with the generativity of the worlds, to create healing and wellness for our people and all beings. No matter what it is, begin to shed the layers of what we've been taught and told to call ourselves, to remember, in fact, what we are. Bringing these new practices into our daily lives is critical, for when it comes time, in short order, for us to stand side by side across the great Earth's expanse to say no more, we cannot be thinking with our domesticated minds or using our colonized language. We must stand shoulder to shoulder, hand in hand, unique and brilliant voices in unison, breaching arbitrarily constructed borders knowing we stand as the vibrantly well and wild daughters of fate, like Urd, Verdandi, and Skuld, to lay down the foundation of another world cycle. We will shed the women many of us have become, like skin that was never ours. We will regrow our clipped wings to fly fast and strong from the small cages we have been in. And we will do this with generosity, grace, and love as if all life depended upon our doing so. Because women, it most assuredly does.
us to the end of tonight's fire. Thank you, women, for listening. And may we remember that we are always held in the grandmother's love. Thank you.